Today's episode includes serious topics, including depression and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to the For Jesus podcast. My name is Alessi, and I'm here today, finally, with the one and only... I was going to pull a Josh Watt and say, like, your whole name, but you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Luke Dean Simmons. <laughs> That's <go>. me. <laughs> the one and only, I guess. Boy, that is quite an introduction. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if that's deserved, but but oh. thank you. And it's nice to see you, Alessi. It's nice to see you. We haven't had you in the studio in the last I know. I've been bit. I've been kind of the prodigal. I've been off <laughs> not really in wayward extravagant living or anything, but um yeah. No, I've I, I haven't been able to be here for the last few. I think one of them that we recorded, I was preaching somewhere else. Yep. And uh, we've just had some hard times getting some of our schedules together. Yeah. But yeah, it's good to be here. Yes. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yes, me as well. I don't think that was a correct, grammatically correct sentence, but I am too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a little easier. <laughs> me as well. That's probably fine. Um, but Reese is not here with us today. Oh, we couldn't pull it off. No, we still Man. couldn't pull it How off. do you get three people in the same room? <sighs> maybe, maybe for our finale. Our last yeah. uh, season finale episode. Well, Reese is probably recovering from, he had quite a big oh, night this yes, past Wednesday, he did. from what I understand. So yes, he did. For the people that don't know about it, Alessi, what, uh, tell, tell us what happened. Yeah, so Wednesday night was our last night of students for the semester, and uh, it was also Reese's birthday. Oh, baby. And I think it was a, it was a pretty much just an excuse for him to throw a big birthday party for himself. <laughs> <laughs> The amount of posters that were just Reese's face, and I found he didn't out today make those posters though. I think he had somebody help him, but he might have known about he it. He might have known about it. I'm pretty sure he knew about it since he posed for the pictures. But what I think is hilarious is students took these posters home with them. So the amount of parents oh that now know that they have like this poster of of Joshua Reese well, in their house, were, like the back of his head, yeah, and I, stuff like that. But anyway, it was a big fiesta. For those of you who were not here, there was a wrestling match. There was. Now, now, hold on. Pin when you say stash. a wrestling match, I sort of imagine a couple of like junior high boys like yeah, grappling no. it out on the carpet. This was not that. This was no. like Reese had in the most Reese way possible uh -huh. somehow negotiated some like professional wrestling. It was like uh -huh. a real wrestling ring. Uh huh. Yes. And the in dude the middle like of trained the box. a bunch of our people, mm -hmm. and it was like and they put it on was a show. like the show. Mm hmm. So oh. one of the things we should do, we should actually include. We have a private link. Oh. Um, to the the video broadcast of the thing. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was out of town. I was in California, so I didn't get to go. But I I saw the thing later, and it was like a real broadcast. Oh yeah. Of oh, wrestling. even it the mic. Incredible. Did you see the oh, mic yeah. comes from the oh, the ceiling? It was so and, fun. Yeah, it was super fun. You can you can. That's probably a better way to watch it because then if the yeah you could kind of fast forward if it starts getting a little long, yeah, you yeah. can skim through a little bit. But, but holy smokes, that yeah. was fun. It was fun. It was a it was a huge fiesta fun event. Even your sixth grade girls liked it. Oh yeah, they all there was a bull uh, a bull <laughs> riding, and they all wanted to jump on the bull. One of my girls was nervous, and then. And the guy who was running the bowl area said, oh, I bet she'll do it if you do it. And so he wrote me into also having to wow. ride the bowl. How long did so. you stay on the bowl? He was nice to me and made me look good for all the kids. So oh. I was on there for a couple minutes or it felt like a, a couple, couple minutes. minutes. It what was probably only like, like 35 seconds. <laughs> That's a long time though. So he yeah. put it on low. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then he started recording it so that he could have an adult for uh, his bull riding Instagram. Wow. So, so now you're like famous. You know, kind of. Alessi is the mechanical <laughs> bull rider. Put that. Put that That's on your gonna be on my Instagram resume from bio. Now. Oh yeah, there you go. Instagram handle. There you go. Sweet. 
Well, so, man, yeah, that sounds a fun, like a lot of fun. It was a fun week. Man. Well, yeah. I wish I had been there. But, Maybe uh, he's just recovering from that. It was yeah, a lot he, of I energy. Mean, it seems like a lot, a lot to recover. So anyway, yeah. Reese isn't here, yeah. but we're here yep. and we're going to um, kind of go through the normal flow yes. of our show. Yes. Right. We're going to talk about something you got to know. Yep. You've got a great guest today. Yes. I'm and super then you've got a music recommendation yes, for us. Yes, I do. So why don't you start us off with what is something we got to know? Something you got to know. And uh, this whole thing, just so you understand it, is, is the idea of if you're around Gateway for some period of time, we just go... Hey, we hope that at some point this lands for you. And here is the something you got to know. God owns it all. God owns it all. I just don't know that you can really understand the biblical story, that you can understand your place in the biblical story unless you realize that God owns everything. And it's not just that God's in charge of everything, though he is. It's not just that God made everything, though he does. But specifically here, I want to say that God owns everything. And so there I'm talking really about our stuff and our money. And it's just striking how much Jesus talks about stuff and about money. He, even when he says that there's a big rival to God, he, we'd expect him to say, you cannot serve God and Satan, but he doesn't. He says, you cannot serve God and money. Or some translations have said God and mammon, which is, could be like stuff. Mm. And so it's interesting that, that it is kind of the material goods of this life and the comfort of this life that really is the main kind of um, rival to the Lord. And so I'm reading here from Psalm uh, chapter 50, um, verses 10 and 11. It says, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine. And in this uh, setting, what God is doing is he's talking about just the, the sacrifice and how like he doesn't really need a lot of sacrifice. He doesn't need us to do a bunch of stuff for him uh, because he already owns it. But I think this is just such an important principle, um, especially in a place where um, all around us, especially, I mean, it just seems like, you know, the government's been sending money and the economy seems like it's really doing pretty well and the stock market's doing pretty good. And, um, you know, a lot of people who are, have businesses, can't even get people to come work there. And I mean, it's just like things, I think none of us expected to be probably this good a year ago. Yeah. And as things get pretty good and as we have a little bit more margin, it's just easy to think like, oh, I got it. I got it. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't got it. God has it. Mm -hmm. And he gives us the opportunity to be stewards, to be managers, to be responsible for what he gives us. So I just think that's an important perspective is that we don't own anything. We just steward it. We're in charge of it for now, and at some point, the Lord will take us out, and uh, we don't get to take our stuff with us. Uh, mm. He owns it. So that's something you got to know. I love it. That's awesome. That's an important reminder for, I don't know, for all of us. Good. Um, so, yeah. Great. <laughs> well, this is a fun guest that we have today. Yeah. Um, and uh, Reese actually booked our guest. He did. And knows him quite well, mm -hmm. but uh, couldn't, couldn't make it, so we're going to do our best to ask good questions anyway, but uh, today we have Mr. Austin Staley. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Austin. How are you? Good. How about you guys? I'm good. You sound so not excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited. Are you? Yeah. I oh, honestly good. was questioning my friendship with Reese because I heard he had this podcast. I listened to a few and I was like, dude, when are you going to have me on? <laughs> oh. So, and of so, course, he doesn't show up hmm, on the, the time I'm on. So interesting. Well, I that th I think I know just where our friendship figures. lands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, fine, you can be on, but I'm out. Exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> so you or me. Uh, well, here you are, Austin. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks for I know. What me. did you, what did you, you were, uh, you were at the event on Wednesday night. What did you think of the, uh, it was subtle event? 
pretty crazy. <laughs> Only Reese could pull something like that off. That would, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine Watt <laughs> doing a huge event like that. Watt no. made an appearance, though. He did. Yeah. Josh Watt, the yeah. former yeah. Uh, high school pastor, yeah. he was there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Celebrating his friend's birthday. And oh, that's nice. Seeing, seeing, the, seeing the show. Yeah. I mean, when I watched the video of it, I thought, this is one of the most Reese things I've ever seen. Right. Like, this is just incredible. The human pinata of Reese. Oh, yeah. I didn't mention that. Yeah, I heard, I heard about that. <laughs> that was... Anyway. I specifically so, didn't mention that. So, Austin is here. And part of how you know Reese is you've been serving in student ministries for a long time. Yep. And we'll talk about this more. But you actually just kind of finished mm. uh, with a bunch of uh, guys who are graduating from high school. You started with them when they were in sixth grade. So yep. crazy. So, we'll talk about that in a minute. But we want to hear your story. We want to hear a little bit about your ministry with those students. Um, mm-hmm. You also just graduated with a master's degree. We'll yeah. talk a little bit about that. And then just some of uh, just how God's at work in your life, um, what he's teaching these days. So, why don't we start just with your with your story? Uh, one of the things we like to ask, people have kind of along the way gone, hey, how old is the person talking? Mm. Just for some frame of reference. Yeah. So how old are you? Uh, I'll be 33 on June 1st. So Oh, 33. Yeah. Wow, almost That's your birthday. That's the age that Jesus was when he... Died. That's so, what I tell my wife, put uh, get your life insurance together on me <laughs> really quick here. You got. I remember when I turned 33, I was going like, I am so not like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kind of always imagined Jesus being kind of like in his mid to late 40s. Yeah. But he wasn't. And I don't think I'll be like Jesus when I'm in my mid to late right. 40s either. But <laughs> yeah. So you're 33. And uh, what do you do for work? Um, I just started in the mortgage industry, so I'm oh, a wow. senior loan officer for uh, SWBC. Okay. Uh, I was selling garage doors before that for my mom's cousin, so. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Seems like a good time to be in the mortgage business. That's, yeah. As long as you can remember that God owns it all. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. So tell us, um, let's begin with how you came to faith. So, yeah, yeah what's your story of um, coming to Christ? Um, so, I, my mom, when I was... Um, younger her marriage was really bad with my dad mm-hmm. um she kind of grew up catholic and um her, when things got bad the i think the first thing she needed to do was turn to something of faith something to kind of give her some hope um just it was a really dark hard time for her my dad's alcoholic mm-hmm. um so my first experience of of church um was this church in, in glendale um and it was it was just kind of weird. They, you, they had, how old were you then? I would have been I would have probably been between fifth and seventh grade. Okay. Uh, during this time, um, so my mom was forcing me go to, to go to church. Uh, I didn't want to be there because my dad would stay home and watch football. I'm a okay. kind of a dad's boy. Uh, yeah. You know. And, and have you ever? Well, you've probably seen maybe it's still at the Goheen's house where you did seminary. Yes. Um, but I actually I liked that painting so much that I bought one for our uh, for our conference room yep. in the dad with the newspaper. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's a Norman Rockwell painting. I think yeah. it's called Sunday morning and it's, um, he's sitting there reading the newspaper, reading the sports page and the comics. He's in his pajamas and mom and the two daughters and the one little boy are headed off to church. They're all in their kind of Sunday best. And the thing that always strikes me is the, the mom and the daughters are looking kind of straight ahead. Mm. Of, like they're not looking at the dad. But the little boys look, he's got his eyes over looking at dad. Mm. And it's kind of like, I, I love that picture. Yeah. And I, um, and I find it so motivating mm. to go, Hey, how do we help especially develop men mm. and yeah. husbands and fathers who little kids are looking at and are going to go, do I want to be like that guy? 
Yeah. Sorry I, I remember you gifting that. Story no, no. I remember you gifting that because I was interning on on the staff at the time. And you, okay. So when we opened that up, I was like, holy smokes, that is my life in a nutshell right there. Wow. So, yeah, I remember like specifically in fifth grade, um, we were learning about the Bill of Rights. And so I had the Bill of Rights in my back pocket one Sunday <laughs> and mom comes up to my room and she's like, why are you still in your pajamas? We're going to church right now. And I said, oh, we are, are we? And um, I said, hey, you might not know about this little thing called the Bill of Rights. Um, so let me show it to you and slapped it down on the, oh, man. on the table and said, I'm not going to church. So did my, that go well? My dad beat my butt and I went to church. Wow. Yeah. So that was kind of <laughs> my experience of, of church. I went to somewhere that I hated. And mm. um, I, I, I really remember one thing sticking out about the, the church. Um, there was a youth guy and he had said, if you want to be, if you want to end up in heaven, all you have yeah. to do is be like the guy on the cross and confess Jesus right before you die. So mm. I thought, okay, well, I can do that. I'll just live life however I want. And then right before I get in the car accident or when I get cancer, then I'll, wow. I'll uh, confess Jesus and make sure I get into heaven. So that kind of shaped the way I thought about church and really the way I lived my life uh, for many years after that. And that probably wasn't someone suggesting that you follow that path, <laughs> but more like saying, even if that you follow that path. Or were they, was that the suggestion? I don't know. So that's the hard thing, right? You know, you try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It would be great to go have coffee with that guy and be like, Hey, what did you really mean? Cause this is what I heard when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. So yeah, interesting. it would, yeah, it'd be interesting to have coffee with him. So, so you're going to a church you don't like, yep. you're thinking maybe someday I'll be a Christian in my last moments. Then but what? until then, um, I would, so we moved when I was 13. Um, I would have been a freshman in high school. Um, I had, I, we'd kind of moved around a whole bunch, but in high school, it was just really tough. Um, you know, cause you're always changing classes. The last school I was, I was, I was in, in Peoria, they did K through eight. Oh, wow. So you kind of just knew everybody, um, cause it was small. Um, you, you generally change classes every year, but it was the same group of people. So you're only trying to meet like 30 people at a time. Mm. Well, I come to Highland high school and there's 800 kids in my graduating class right. and you're always changing. And so I just, I really struggled to fit in. Um, family life at home was probably the worst it had been. Um, my, I just remember my dad coming home from work and he would just sit in the driveway for like 45 minutes because he just didn't want to come inside. Oh, wow. Uh, so around 13, um, I, I can't remember when my, my dad had a, a pistol and I, I pretty much had planned out a suicide attempt oh, wow. at, at 13. Um, so I, I was trying to figure out what day I was going to do it, how I was going to do it. Cause I just thought this life sucks. It, it's super painful. It's broken. If I'm going to die and, and having a kind of atheist mindset at the time, if I'm going to die and not exist, why continue in this, this pain? Wow. Um, and then I, I honestly think this was kind of the first moment, uh, kind of God was with me and, and showed up because I had this thought that was too big for a 13 year old. It was, Hey, if you're going to take your life, it's for a purpose. So if you're giving meaning to this one event, then there's gotta be a bigger meaning to life. Huh. So wow. I started then to search That's out deep thought. I know for a 13 year old boy who was kind of a punk. So, yeah. So yeah. hold on. I just, I don't want to yeah. blow through that too fast. So the thought, if I'm, if I'm trying to put that is like, if, if life is so bad that it's worth ending, then it must be worth something. Yeah. 
And so if it's worth that much, maybe it's worth finding out why what, what it's for. Exactly. Wow. That's a really interesting thought. So I that was probably so if I was 13 then the next 10 years of my life um cuz I think I was 24 when I got saved. Um then that would have yeah, so the next 10 years of my life uh it was girls, it was money, um it was alcohol, it was fishing, I mean just all sorts of activities just going what is the good life mm. and how do I get it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Just kind of living for yourself, living, living for living for myself. Pleasure. Yeah. And uh, what came into your life that shook you up and made you start rethinking that? Um, it was really, so I had had this, it was funny, I was thinking about this this morning. When I was five years old, um, I remember loving uh, baseball a ton. Mm-hmm. And kind of the first guy I grabbed onto was Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, yeah. I accidentally met him when I was in Little League. Okay. And, um I just thought he was the coolest guy and I can remember drawing pictures of what I thought his house looked like. And huh. I'm, I assumed he had a, a lake in his backyard with jet skis and basketball hoop and baseball diamonds. So you probably did. I, <laughs> the guy, a good guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I, that was kind of what I wanted out of life. Um, and that was kind of my aim. I wanted to be successful. I wanted um, people to uh, be envious of me. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I wanted the fame and the glory kind of as Nacho says, don't you want a little taste of the glory? See what it tastes like. Um, Nacho Libre, nice. Right? You are friends with Reese. I'm totally friends with Reese, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was, oh man, probably 19 years old, maybe 20. Um, uh, no, I, I, I was definitely older because I was drinking. Um, so I was at least 21. You uh, waited till you were 21? No, I didn't wait till I was 21, but I do remember I was at least 21. Okay. Because um, I didn't think, oh, I'm, I'm drinking, I shouldn't be. Okay. Um, but um, so I had these expectations for life. I was working at Starbucks at the time. I had all these kind of Christian friends and influences in my life. They seemed super happy. And I just remember um, for me, my, my job um, was my life kind of at the time. And so as I'm trying to be successful, um, I had drank too much and was supposed to be at work at four o'clock in the morning. And I woke up at six 30 oh, wow. in the morning and I, I was trying to hurry and get ready for work. And I just looked in the mirror and I said, this isn't the life that you wanted. You know, mm. your, your dad, he's an alcoholic. Mm. You're, you're on the same trajectory as him. Wow. So I couldn't live up to the expectations I had for myself. And I just thought, man, I, I haven't found what I'm looking for in this, this good life. So um, I reached out to some friends at Starbucks who were Christians. And like I said, they seemed happy all the time. So I was like, I don't know, let's, let's find out what the heck is motivating these guys. Hmm. Um, so I, I sat down um, uh, with my friend Carly and her husband, Matt. And I just remember the, the conversation we had in Starbucks. They, they kept telling me, you need Jesus. And I'm like, what the heck does that even mean? Hmm. What, what's this guy going to do for me? Sure. Um, and that kind of turned into me going, okay, well, if you're happy and you say that's, what's making you happy, let's give this a shot. Okay. So I ended up in a, um, kind of like a men's Bible study with a guy named Jared and Matt. Um, we, we met and at, uh, the coffee shop here in Gilbert and started reading through Genesis. And I had all these questions about dinosaurs and, (laughs) and funny things. Um, and, and after I think it was like four or five meetings, 
they said, hey, so our wives have kind of put pressure on us and they want us to join a small group. So we want to turn this like three person Bible study into, I think it was like seven couples and you and me being single. At the <laughs> like time. an official church thing. Yeah. Yeah. Out of their so church. So at this point it was just Christians meeting. Just Christians. So yeah. Be, need to become an official. Yeah. So I guess. On the books. Their <laughs> church. Small group. Okay. Yeah. Making a big push for small groups and gotcha. for you to join and, and to get connected. Because so like, it doesn't count unless it's uh-huh. official, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah. So they all met as uh, married couples, and I was the only the token single guy of the group, you know? And um, I was like, this is a joke. Like, <laughs> you know, I can't relate to these guys. Yeah. They were really fun. Um, we would we would always hang out afterwards and play cornhole, tell stories, and um, they had the cigar night and would invite you know, friends over, but I just remember thinking, okay, this isn't for me. Mm. So I stopped attending. I had changed jobs at the time. Uh, I was now working at the Apple store. Oh, nice. And, and probably it took like two weeks of me not showing up. Then a couple would come into the store and they'd look for me and be like, oh, wow. Hey, we miss you. We want you to come back to the group. And I'm mm. like, well, oh, that's, that's nice. And then, you know, then another week would go by and someone else would come in and do the same thing. So who knows if that was coincidence. They were shopping in the mall and they saw me or they all saw that asked? out. No, I never asked. Oh, I, I should. That would, yeah. Interesting. Yep. So, um, they were like, come on, come back, come back. And I finally, after months to decide, okay, I'll, I'll come back to the group. And, wouldn't you know, they're going through a, a series and it's a marriage series <laughs> by, by a guy named Matt Chandler. And I was Aww. like, what the heck was I thinking? Why did I, sure. why did I show back up to this? And I remember leaving group that night and going, whoa, this is what marriage is supposed to look like. Was it based off of a book by Matt Chandler or like video teaching of his? Um, it's called Mingling of Souls. Okay. So he has the, a book. book um, yeah. There's a video series. Okay. I, uh, yeah. That's so super good. It's, it's a crazy good, yeah, if you want anything on marriage. I mean, like as a single guy, it attracted me to marriage. So huh. that should say something about, about <laughs> the series, you know? Sure. So, yeah, I just remember going like, holy smokes, that's what marriage is supposed to be like? Like mm-hmm. that seems attractive. And I, I understand mm-hmm. what is now motivating Christians to seek after because that seems peaceful, which is not something that I experienced in my home life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So, wow. yeah. So what... I mean, at that point, do you think you were a Christian? No, no, another no. shoe still needed to drop. Yeah, so we went through that marriage series, and I was like, "Who's this Chandler guy? I'm eating him up. Let's, <laughs> let's get into more of this." Um, yeah. So I started to listen to some of his older sermons. The first one was Ecclesiastes. Oh wow! And that's where Solomon is—he's kind of going on that same journey that I was going on—is sure. going, "Hey, what is the good life? Is it?" is it the Ken Griffey junior life where you have everything and he throws big parties and um, is searching out meaning and money and power and all these things. And he goes, I still feel like there's something more to this world. And so he decides to be poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had been a nanny at, at kind of in between Starbucks and Apple. Okay. Um, and that was kind of like my, my poor life was just, I am going to, you know, watch kids and that's the mm-hmm. least thing that you could kind of do in the world. Um, so that was, I don't know, praise, praise the Lord for moms. They put up with a lot. I thought my mom <laughs> was crazy and then I nannied and holy smokes, moms <laughs> put up with a ton of stuff. That's I have true. a lot of respect for them now. Um, but yeah, so I kind of. So you're kind of following the path of, yeah. of Ecclesiastes and bumping into stuff. And everywhere you bump, you go, well, this is meaningless. Yeah. Well, this is meaningless. Well, this isn't doing it for me. Yep. 
Um, so I kind of get through that series and it ends on Jesus is the answer. I'm like, well, that's what freaking Matt and Carly were telling me. <laughs> like what, who is this Jesus guy? Um, and I remember, uh, shortly after that, I was reading a book in my room one night. I remember, um, just pausing for a second and looking up at the ceiling and then looking down and I would say, boom, in that moment, I was a Christian. Wow. I, I felt like the Lord spoke to me. He, he said, um, Hey, I'm sick of you kind of flirting around with me. You're mine. Like huh. this is for real now. Yeah. Um, and like within 15 minutes, I'm online applying to Grand Canyon University, feeling like there's some capacity of ministry that I'm being called into. Oh wow. Um, and it was kind of an interesting time too, because I'm living at home with my dad. Um, where the way that me and him were bonding is over alcohol. Okay. So we're drinking and I'm I'm realizing real quick, I'm like, holy smokes, this is gonna be a, a big sacrifice in life because I know that Jesus calls us to a kind of a different standard. And that means my relationship with my father's going to change. Yeah. And I'm, am I okay to give that up mm. Yeah, to have a different type of relationship with my heavenly father? Mm. Wow. So I just kind of remember crying and going like, that might be the last time I really get a bond with my father. And, wow. and hopefully not, hopefully he becomes a Christian one day, but yeah. So you were aware of the cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, just to pause on it, you said something like, uh, the Lord said to me, mm-hmm. and I, every time I hear that, I think people experience that different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think for people who haven't had that much of that experience, they yeah. might not really, well, what does that mean? Like, yeah. so in your case, what, what did that mean? Yeah. Was that kind of a impression on your heart? Did you actually physically hear a voice or audibly hear a voice or? Yeah, I would say, um, most of the time I hear from the Lord, it's an impression. I feel like there's been two very unique experiences in my life. Um, when I got saved, that one I felt like was audible. This is what happened. Like you heard a voice. Like I heard a voice. It wasn't just a thought popped in your head. Correct. Oh, yeah, it was okay. as if someone else was in the room with me. Okay. That's the only time I've experienced that. Um, okay. I've not experienced that since. There was another time when I was camping where I felt like I had a vision, almost like John in the book of Revelation, um, where it was a really weird experience, and I've never experienced anything like that before or after. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I thought like a bear walked under my back, and a mountain lion was on my chest, and his teeth were around my neck. I mean, it felt super real, huh. and I, 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 I don't know. It's hard to discern reality from that vision, but the Lord kind of used that to just say, Hey, I could kill you right now if I wanted to, but I'm going to use you and you're a Christian and you're mine and you don't have to worry about troubles that are going to come your way. Yeah. Um, so those would kind of be my two ways. Yeah. Thanks for sharing those. Cause I, I think like there is sometimes you hear someone say like, Oh, the Lord said, and some people think, well, that should just be all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm. it's like, no, it is extraordinary. Yeah. Um, but to hear what you meant is, is helpful. So, mm-hmm. so man, you, you came wow. to faith and it, so it sounds like, you know, and I think Reese has kind of said before, like you, you were a pretty extreme guy before yeah. going away from Christ Yeah, and you turned to Christ and a lot of that same passion kind of mm-hmm. just headed in, in a new direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, when I went to Grand Canyon, um, so you got I was in. all in, I was all <laughs> in. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I kind of expected like a winter camp type atmosphere and vibe. And, um, so I just remember reading my Bible every day as much as I could. And, um, yeah, I was just, I mean, I was, I was hook, line and sinker, moved out of my father's house, moved into GCU. Cause I just mm. knew 
things had to look different, things had to change. Yeah. So, and some of those friends you mentioned, Jared, and uh, maybe others, um, were part of at that point had become, uh, you know, down the road, become yeah. part of our church. Yeah, and that's how you ended up being part of things here. Yeah, and got involved with student ministries and, and yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, but your education didn't stop with GCU. So it as, as yeah. we sit here, we're you know a couple of weeks out of celebrating you graduating with a master's mm-hmm. degree yep. from the Missional so awesome. Training Center, which is a fully accredited seminary program that Redemption and some other churches helped start. So um, you, you've now mastered missional theology. <laughs> Congratulations. I know, That's right? amazing. Um, it's the same degree I have. Uh, so we are the master. No, not really. But um, <laughs> how? Uh, m- maybe tell us... Um, What's one or two, like, when you think about, I mean, you studied the Bible and you yeah. studied church history and you studied theology and lots of different things. What are the top couple takeaways from your, mm. from your seminary experience? Yeah, um, probably the two biggest ones. Um, the first was the, the term Quorum Dale. Okay. So, so the, we have, me and my wife made a sign. It's in our kitchen. People come over all the time and they're like, hey, what's that, like, jibber jabber that you have up on your wall um and for, I, for us non-latin speakers right yeah so coram deo um it, it means before the face of the lord but it means so much more than that right so that's mm. just kind of the literal meaning of it. It, it it would almost be like um if you're in a car by yourself are you alone or is somebody with you huh. is, is jesus with you and is he present with you in that moment and if so how does that change your interaction Right. So now am I angry because the road is all about my tax dollars and everybody else is trying to make the road open for me? Or is that because I'm supposed to be sacrificial in that moment and, and serve other people just as much, you know, that's their road just as much as it is mine. Sure. So, um, we just, I, I ate that up. It just, it really took theology from my brain Mm. and put it in my hands to Mm. say, Jesus isn't just this person that you have right thoughts about, but Mm. he's supposed to change your heart and the way you interact with the world. So we love that sign, uh, me Mm. and my wife, because it just reminds us every meal, hey, life is about loving other people um, and making our father in heaven proud, not making, you you know. Yeah, I mean, I love love that that's one of your lessons, because I do feel like... um, so many people's experience in seminary, right? Some people call it cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Right. It sort of feels in yeah. some ways like, um, man, I just get so full of head knowledge, but my heart grows cold. Mm. And what you're describing there is exactly the opposite. Yeah. Is the same because of this head full of knowledge I have, I'm more aware that God's actually with me. Exactly. So that's great. Exactly. What, what's the other, uh, the other thing that came to mind? Um, other lesson. Creation. Um, that was all Al Walters, I believe was the author of creation regained. Uh-huh. So I'd say I had a, a very good understanding of sin. I had a very good understanding of Jesus's death and resurrection. I felt like um, I had read Randy Alcorn's book, Heaven, mm. um, which is, I would suggest that is probably my second favorite book other than the Bible. Um, I, I didn't understand though, where Randy was getting kind of all these ideas from. And so Goheen for the first year. Is Goheen just, was a professor that oversees yes. the yeah, program. sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah, so yeah, Mike is yeah the, the lead professor there. He kept um, he kept talking about the gospel, and it was always starting with creation, mm. which was really weird. That's huh. just language um, that was kind of foreign to me, and and it 
it really just shaped, I think, and colored in a lot of gaps that I had from Randy Alcor's book, Heaven, of mm. to go, what is heaven supposed to be like? Yep. Well, it's supposed to be like creation mm. and regained. the beginning yep. regained. Yeah, yep. and, it, and that's fullest form. Yeah, it feels like if you start with a gospel where the beginning of it is sin, then the whole goal is to just get out of here once you're saved. Yeah. But if the actual biblical story starts with creation, then the goal is for that to be renewed. And it's a, it really, it's simple, but it's a profound shift in your thinking. It is. Well, and I always remember, so I kind of have like two thoughts as a kid. Um, there's a book called Tuck Everlasting. Oh, great book. So you know that one, Alessi? I do know that one. That I've heard so of it. Good. Was it a movie at one yes, point? Yes, it also? was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't. And, I've and never read or watched. Yellow suit. Yeah. Is it related to uh, Curious George? No, I knew you were going to say <laughs> that Not once the man I said in the it. Hat. <laughs> it's like, ah, never uh, mind. All right. Tuck Everlasting. Jesse. Tuck Everlasting. So, is it, I can't remember now. Is it Winnie? Is that the mm-hmm. girl's name? Okay. So, um, I couldn't read when I was in elementary. So, I kind of picked this up from the teachers reading it to us out loud. Okay. Um, so, Winnie is this girl who uh, meets this person who has found this fountain of youth. Jesse. Who's, who's going to, Jesse. Okay. So, Winnie meets Jesse. Um, Jesse's drunk from the fountain of youth and he's going to live forever. Uh, and, uh, Winnie loves Jesse. It's like, it's pretty much Twilight. If you've seen Twilight, you've seen Tuck Everlasting. No, no, no. (laughs) Tuck Everlasting has some more substance. (laughs) Um, but so Jesse doesn't want her to drink from the well because, uh, Jesse, Mm-hmm. Jesse doesn't want her to live in a broken world for forever. Yeah. Okay. He wants so I, her to live life yeah. and then let it end. Yeah. So it's a bit like when when the Lord, you know, sets up the cherubim with the flaming swords outside the garden. Exactly. To say, hey, you can't get back to this tree because I don't want you to permanently be in sin. Exactly. Yeah. So I remember being a Spoiler kid, alert. Right? I know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Now you don't have now. to watch the movie. Yeah, perfect. Or read the book if it's still assigned in elementary school. It, it is. Yeah. So. so I remember looking for the the fountain of youth as a kid and going like, I want that. But I remember that story just not being complete. Huh. It always was like, uh, you know, mm. um, so this, it was just, yeah. Wow. So, um, I'm, I'm really intrigued by you're spending the last four years, you know, reading books, hearing from great professors, thinking deeply about theology and then mentoring high schoolers. <laughs> Right. And especially at the point in which they started, I mean, freshman boys, I mean, I was a freshman boy. I mean, you're still pretty interested in a lot of fart noises and, you know, um, you know, there's not a lot of most of the time, real serious reflection going on. There's spots of it. Um, but I'm curious kind of how did, how did, um, how did seminary help with the mentoring of the boys Mm. and how did the mentoring of the boys help seminary? Interesting. Maybe it's the same answer. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Um, yeah, I it would probably be the same answer. Um, so I think seminary helped me to make things more practical for my boys. Really? I, I do. See, that's funny. I would think the opposite, but that must be, it was a good seminary program. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, you'd think like, yeah. oh, advanced theological education, that's just going to be abstract. Way Up in the clouds. Yeah. So, so here, how did, yeah, yeah, explain that. So I, here, here would be my difference. I would say um, my time at GCU of being a Christian studies ma- major, it was it would be like reading a dictionary or a thesaurus. <laughs> so you're learning okay. terms, you're learning yeah. terminology. Um, you kind of have 
the right ways of thinking about things, but that doesn't really translate to a junior high or a high school kid because the high school kid or a junior higher is going, what does that matter for me right now in this moment? Right. Like sure. sacrifice. Okay. Well, w- practically what the heck does that mean? Yeah. I can say the word sacrifice, but what does that look like at lunchtime yeah. at school? What does that look like with my mom and my dad at home? Um, so I think just talking about a story was so prominent in mm. my, my time at the missional training center, right? Because we're inside of God's story and what is he calling us to do as the people of God to live that out? So now that, that kind of changes the way I interact with, with my boys huh. as it's no longer, Hey, let's, let's jam these theological truths down your throat, but let's, let's talk about this story of life that we're in yeah. and what is God calling us to do to be faithful, to experience his blessing mm. and to, to be blessings to other people through that. So. And so actually the story was much more engaging yeah. to them than just the abstract facts. Absolutely. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's so important that we read the Bible both ways. Yeah. You know, I, uh, yeah, it's just, that's really cool. I'm yeah. glad that it helped. So um, we were talking about a little bit before we press record, but um, how's the Lord been working in yeah. your heart in the last year? <laughs> you know, you were sharing with us um, uh, some of what you've been learning, especially, you know, in the last year and a half or so, Gateway moved into a new building and you were sharing some of the challenges you've experienced from some of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tell us how's the Lord been at work. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that kind of came out of seminary and COVID and all this stuff, uh, the, you know, the building change at church, um, it was just our comfort had been rattled. Mm. So uh, as Americans, we buy things to make us more comfortable, right? I don't subscribe to Amazon because it makes my life more difficult. Right. I do it because I can have something on my doorstep in an hour. Uh-huh. Right. Um, so so my wife and I, well, when did we move into the building? Like a year and a half ago, two uh-huh. years ago now? Yeah. And for those that are newer, um, that maybe don't even know this, next we used to meet next door. We had an eight-year lease at the building next door, and it was nice and cozy. And, yeah. um, you know, it was interesting. We did three services. So to me, being there all day, it felt like a big church. But to an average person, it still kind of felt like a small church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was one entrance you walked in. Yeah. All these tight, cramped hallways. Um, and so moving on to you know, our big campus with lots of directions and lots of space. It, it, you know, there was a sense in which even for me, having been part of the design process, it was a bit overwhelming. Mm. Yeah. So, so when we moved into this building, kind of exactly like, like what you just said, where there's this one point of entry in our old building, um, it really intentionally created these community points where you would Mm. see people, you would connect with people. Um, So we come to the new building and me and my wife are going, this just feels different. We don't know if we like this. Is there something wrong with us? Is it the building? What What's happening? Yeah, and you weren't like having a gripe with like, oh, I don't like that color carpet. No, no, it no, was no. More no. Like yeah, the way church feels it, exactly. Feels something different. felt off, and yeah. we didn't know what it was. Mm. Um, so we had said, do we leave and we go try to find something somewhere else? Do we, you know, like I'm a covenant member here. I I don't feel like that's right. I feel like this is. Uh, a kind of a Thanksgiving meal where somebody's kind of said something uncomfortable and you're like, well, I'm still going to invite crazy uncle Pete over, you know, next year. Yep. So I just felt like I'm in this covenant with the redemption gateway. Um, we need to figure out what this is and we need to bring this to the attention of someone if it feels uncomfortable. Um, so we said, let's just be quiet. Let's put our heads down and let's stick we as you and your me wife. and my wife. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's stick this out for a year and let's figure out why, why are we feeling the way that we're feeling? So a lot of that, a lot of stuff came, good stuff came out of that. 
Um, so what we realized in the new building, there's doors everywhere. So as soon as you say your benediction, it's like a light, you know, turns on and cockroaches go everywhere and everybody's gone because we're not in the old building where it's AC outside the, the right. box area, sure. you know, where we've all been worshiping. Now, when you get outside the box, it's sunny. And who wants to stand outside in Arizona sun? It's, right. it's hot, you know? Yeah. So, um, so we realized that we were missing our community. We, we were missing the interaction that we loved on Sundays where we would stand around for an hour, an hour and a half and catch up with friends. Sure. Um, well, so, yeah, and, like, kids would run around yeah. the worship space. I mean, it was just, like, laps because mom and dad are hanging out and talking exactly. and they're running around. Well, now they're still running around. Yeah. It's just outside. Exactly. And, um, yeah, it's different. So where, where me and my wife live, we come down Ellsworth Road, which puts us on the east side of the building currently. Yeah. And what we, what we, we just kind of sat in the box one Sunday and watched everybody leave. And we realized everyone with kids, which is all of our friends, they all get up and they go to the West side. So we're like, Hey, let's, let's just try parking over there and let's see if we run into people. Well, what we notice is there's a bridge right outside that pretty much every adult walks by with their kids after they've picked them up. Mm. So we just stood there one Sunday and we're like, holy smokes, we got to see 10 of our friends we haven't seen in it feels like months. Wow. So it was just to, to me going back to what did I learn from, from MTC? Um, I, I equated this to the garden, right? Okay. So, so gateway in the old building, it felt super easy. Work w- didn't feel like it was toil. Yeah. Because there was this intentionality to the way that the building was that created community. Yeah. Now it, well, it actually like, wasn't intentionality. It okay. was just it was acc- accident. Well, yeah. it was like, hey, there's one door. Yeah. Like that's all. I mean, huh. it was the way the space was. Yeah. But it was a benefit yeah. of it. Yeah. Is like you really, you could stand there and over the course of the day kind of see everyone hmm. who came in. Yeah. You know, which now. Yeah, I mean, I have times where, especially because after the service, I'll say, hey, if you're new, I'd like to talk, you know. Yeah. And so there's sometimes when I don't actually even leave the box. Mm. I can't even get to the bridge that you're talking about. Mm. And so there will be people who I'm like, Are they, do they still come to our church? And they're there every week. Uh, I just, I don't physically see them because yeah. I get, so anyway, yeah, I, yeah. I can relate to the the frustration of that. Yeah. So, so yeah, so when we come to the new building, it feels like, well, why is why is relationship, why is it, why is it difficult? Mm. And I think that's what we're called as Christians, right? We're, we're still in this already, not yet. Jesus has redeemed us as a people, but we're not experiencing heaven in its fullest extent yet. Mm-hmm. And so most people, as soon as inconvenience comes their way, they go, I'm out. Yeah. Because we want to subscribe to Amazon and make things easy. Sure. And so it made us realize of like, oh, there was some real benefits to the old building. And if we want to keep what church is church, we actually have to seek that out and push back the sweat that's going to come from, from stewarding our garden now. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, you know, I don't know if I would have got there if it wasn't for MTC. I don't know if I would have got there if it wasn't for the (laughs) building transition. So it was like, it's just a great reminder that that's what we're called to as Christians is work. It's going to be toil. It'll be beautiful in the end on there. Well, one of the things that I've so appreciated about you, Austin, because you've, you did an internship with us at yeah. one point and then you've had other jobs and, but you've been around, but, but even your story really illustrates this. I, you view, um, life with God and ministry in the church as ownership. Mm. You're not a customer. Yeah. You're an owner and, um, your willingness even to kind of go, I'm not going to just bail and find a better product somewhere. I'm going to, as an owner, try to take 
some control that I have over this dynamic. Yeah. And I'm going to invest in people. And, and my guess is that a lot of the other people that you interact with at the bridge were feeling the same way. Yeah. Right. And they just happened to be there because they were picking up their kids. Yeah. But you, your intentionality and your ownership actually helped their experience yeah. be better too. Mm. And so, um, man, I just, I really appreciate that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, man, it's, uh, gosh, so cool to hear your story. Alessi, oh any yes. uh, last questions for Austin before we no, hear just, our song? No, just thank you for sharing. I was excited because I feel like Reese gave us a teaser of like, yeah, this is awesome. And then, you know, let left us hanging. But um, <laughs> it's just really sweet to hear how God just has worked and moved and continues to move in your life. And I love the education. I think the thing that um, stuck out to me is that literally you said 15 minutes after you kind of felt like you were a believer, you mm -hmm. were immediately diving into like, okay, what am I supposed to do? What does yeah, Jesus want me to wild. do? Mm -hmm. And I just think that talking about like your passion before and after and just the passion for Jesus, I just think that's huge. And, um, so yeah, I just thank you for sharing. I think yeah. it's an encouragement. And so I love, I love when we get to do these because I think they're, it's, it's, it helps us all grow and helps our own faith grow. And, um, just remember who God is and the way he beats us and yeah. how individually he is and how he's yeah. overall. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, thanks for being here, Austin. Yeah, thank thanks you. for inviting me. Yeah. So let's close the show with a music recommendation. Yes. And, uh, Alessi, what do you got today? So, uh, I feel like I'm a one trick pony sometimes because um, <laughs> I feel like all my music is probably the Let same. Let me guess. Yep. It's another Maverick. Maverick City music. <laughs> um, it's funny. It's like we, I get in the car with my oldest daughter, Abby, and it's like, Abby, what do you want to listen to? Maverick City or Maverick City? <laughs> <laughs> yep. But they're just cranking out such great they, stuff. They are I can't, cranking I can't out good stuff. You. It's hard. It's hard when I, when I only have a certain amount of time in the car, which sometimes is a lot actually, but I just like to... Um, I don't know. I like the space to be filled with Jesus yeah. and to just worship and proclaim his name. So his name um, is a big thing that I've just been praying about and thinking about. And um, on their newest album, I don't know if we've had any song recommendations from I the newest album. The, the new old, album's Old, old Church, Church Basement. Basement. It's so good. So good. Um, but names is, is a little further down on the album. Um, and for some reason, the first time I listened to this album, Totally went over this song and, um, it was on shuffle in one of my like lists and it popped on last week and I've just listened to it over and over mm. and over again. And I think that's, what's so beautiful, beautiful about some of this music is that songs like at different seasons or at different weeks or, um, can just kind of stand out to you. And, awesome. um, I just think this is beautiful. It's, um, kind of she, the, the singer at the beginning kind of asked questions about your life, where you're at, and no matter what it is, we need to remember the names of Jesus. And mm. so this is names by Maverick city, um, music. and elevation and elevation. Yes. Yep. Great. So that's just a little taste. Um, Isaiah 9 6 right there. Yeah. That's awesome. Isaiah 9 6. So that is my song of the day. Awesome. Well, great. Well, Alessi, thanks for sharing that. And um, yeah, I think uh, I think actually, Alessi, next time we can get 
Reese here. Yes. Um, you're going to be our guest. There's some cool stuff going <laughs> yes. on in your life, and we want to talk with you a little bit about that. And then I think we might take it more of an official break for the summer. Yep. But um, yeah, until then, mm-hmm. um, Austin, thanks for being here. Yes, thanks thank again you. for having me on. Yeah. Absolutely. Alessi, this has been great. It has been great. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So thank you all for listening and uh, live life for Jesus, huh? All right. Absolutely. Have a good one.